Okay. Welcome again to Touch Heaven, those here, those online, West Coast, East Coast, Far Coast, uh, Africa, India, Australia, Israel, uh, far places that the Lord blesses us with. Let's just cover ourselves in prayer right now. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord. We ask you, Lord, to give us an insight and a revelation about what truly memorial is, Father, not just a day and certainly much more than life. We thank you for that, Father. Guide us, keep us. Father, you be glorified. And we thank you, Lord, for the revelation of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Ralph's straightening my tail out in the back over here. We had a low battery and it was uh, not giving me power. So they put it in, we're good? All right, thank you, here we go, what a transition. You giving me that? Thank you. Quit playing back there a little bit. My wife will get mad. Your wife will get mad. <laughs> yeah, let him get mad. Yeah. I sent you a, a brief email about God and country. And in our society and in the history, and even in the strategy of our nation, God and country are intertwined, aren't they? And, and that's not by accident, that's good. And the memorial of God and country is age old. Now, the, the very first commitment that God made of land and himself in relationship of people goes back to what? Genesis 1 and 2. And he created the, the land, the earth. He swept it so that there would be an opportunity to have a place. And he called that place, as we understand, the Garden of Eden. And he made man and human, human called Adam, and then both male and female in his image, species man. Placed him in a special place that he created so that there could be a relationship with him in his garden. Whose garden was it? It was his garden. And he had certain rules and regulations in the garden and that if they were to obey those rules and regulations, we'd still be growing in that same garden. It would have come to all four corners of the earth, but we know what happened. There was a fall, there was rebellion, and the relationship with the land and God and the people was what? It was interrupted. And in essence, Adam and Eve were sort of exiled. They became exiles. Now, in a Hebrew interpretation, it's more like banishment. It's more like falling out of the possession of what God has given you in a biblical sense. And so, because of that, we then see multiple different exiles. And God expressing himself in relationship with the people in the land. The land to God is his. This country is his country. This land is his land. But the people make a choice whether they're his people or not his people in his land. And we discussed a few weeks ago that everything cries out in a language we don't often understand sometimes, to God, all of creation bows down before the Lord. 
Jesus told us the rocks could have a voice if they needed to, to praise him. We understand there's a chorus that got quiet when Jesus died on the cross, don't we? It said the earth was still. The earth was dark. It was quiet. All the creatures became silent because their Lord, their creator, was interrupted from the creation. So we understand that there's a significance and that there's a requirement for the land, for the land and the people in the land. I'll let you draw your own conclusions in a moment. But there's scriptures that cry out to us about the land. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 29 for a moment, please. The prophets let us understand that the promise of Abraham's seed, which occupied much of Genesis, has a requirement on the land. The land is center stage. Jeremiah cried out and he spoke the voice of God to the land. Oh, land, land, land. When you see something three times spoken of in the word of God, that's an emphasis. That's a declaration. How many times did Jesus speak to Peter? Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, Peter. A declaration that he wasn't just going to be one who was going to carry on the way he was, but there was going to be a requirement, something new, a declaration from God. Jeremiah cries out in the voice of the Lord, Oh, land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. The voice of the Spirit of God is crying out today to the land of the earth. Now, some of them think, some people think, and I'm not, they're not totally misgiven that that voice is saying, we must purify the earth. We must repress fossil fuels. We must be green. Everybody must drive an electric car. Funny thing about electricity is it requires energy, and energy requires fuels, and fuels create stuff in the atmosphere. What a lie we're being told. And the funny thing about that is we have a lot of people who are looking for a cause for the earth, crying out for the earth that understand that the real purification of the earth comes from the one who can purify. And we understand that that voice that's crying out says, land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. God can clear whatever he wants to clear in the twink of an eye. I've shared with you before about deep, how it was prophesied by myself that there would be a shaking in the south of our border, that God was angry because then President Obama was trying to force then Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to give away his land in Israel. And we had an oil well blow up in the Gulf. And all the king's men and all the king's might couldn't stop that drainage. Science couldn't do it. And the word of the Lord spoke to the land again through this man on a Wednesday that said, if Benjamin Netanyahu now called back seven weeks later to the White House after being shunned, 
if he's received and that declaration to give away God's land is rescinded, that God will stop that burst in the deep. And it will happen mightily by God, not by man. And that the residue that was supposed to last 20 years would supernaturally be removed. And that happened. And the scientists couldn't figure it out because they, right, follow the science. Huh? They said that it was forever and the ecosystem was damaged there and it would take a minimum of 20 years. It took less than 30 days by the breath of God. God will clear the earth. The earth is defiled because man is defiling God. Now, this is crazy, right? And I'm sure I'll get some crazy press about it by those that love to present me as crazy all the time. And I sort of like it because they send me out to a, an audience that I never would get to anyway. You see, the mind of God is irrational to the mind of man. You need a renewed mind. You need to be a new creation. You need to be a child of God to understand the language of God and to receive the word of God. Other than that, it's history. Some people know about God and they accept him or they don't. And some people know about the Bible and some people know the Bible. We need to be those who know the Bible and know our God and know the time that we live in and what to do in the time that we live in. And so there is a connection between God and the land. There's a covenant. Believe it or not, the land understands the voice of God. <laughs> the land understands the voice of God. And what God speaks to the land comes forth. I've said many times and believe it with all my heart that we don't create anything here on earth. We just discover what God has already created for us. We didn't create oil, we discovered it. We didn't create coal, we, we discovered it. We didn't create the atom, we discovered the power of the atom. We didn't create medical science, we've discovered the medical science of the body. We didn't create antibiotics and pills, God gave them to us. We didn't understand how to form a government, God did it through the, the might and through the supernatural introduction to men and to women. And isn't it interesting that this democracy we call the United States is called what? It's called an experiment by many. Now the experiment's been going on quite a few years. And unfortunately, it's deviated quite a bit from the foundations of how this country was founded. It was God in country. And the purpose, one of the major purposes was for people to have a say about their government, about their taxation, and about their faith. It's very interesting that no one has ever sued any school, any university, any courthouse, any institution, any public institution for talking about any other faith except the Christian faith in this country. You could go make your own religion and you'll be allowed to speak it in any courtroom. Oh, they might tell you to shut up because you have to go by the jurisprudence of the court, but not because of what you're saying. So the land 
is under attack. The country is under attack. God and country are under attack. I spoke to my dear friend, our dear friend, a very, very dear brother of mine two days ago, uh, Daryl Scott from Columbine. And something very supernatural and a little crazy happened. And that was two days before Uvalde, Texas, we rediscovered a tape of a song that God gave me for Columbine on the first anniversary of the martyrdom of his daughter, Rachel. We had since then become dear friends with the prophecies God gave me for him that called him into the largest outreach to children in the world. And I had to rush it and I got it done and Laura Lee and I took off and I was in the studio for about 48 hours straight, not to the level of what I wanted, but at least something I could bring because the Lord told me to do it. Ran it, we stayed at his home with him. He was going out to do interviews with all the major networks and we tried to just be a support system and I gave him the tape and I left it with him and he didn't listen to it and then he lost it. And then my tapes were somehow mysteriously gone from a studio in Miami. And I thought it was gone. I couldn't actually remember the whole song, but two days before Uvalde, the song, the tape, manifested itself in a box in my home. And I brought it here, and the team cleaned it up, and we played it. And I sat right over there with tears in my eyes as God spoke about the terror in the school and why and what could be done. I shared with Daryl that this came about. I sent it to him, and he listened to it for the first time and called me back and said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I said, we're going to redo it. We're going to make it better. We're going to release it. We're going to get it out because it captured and released the supernatural power of God to speak into what we lost. And one of the things we lost was prayer in our schools. And my friend Daryl, Google it, went in front of Congress that same year and he dressed them down from the top to the bottom. And he said, you've been sitting on your hands and you threw God out of the schools. He's a gentleman, he left. And the doors are open and evils come in. We want to protect our children. You could harden those schools and try. Funny thing, they say, have only one door in and one door out, but yet what I saw on the news was policemen breaking windows to get children out. I mean, if somebody really wants to get in, you going to hold them out, Ralph? They'll drive a car right in and knock a wall down and get into school. Might make it a little harder. Maybe instead of walking through a door, they'll use a stick of dynamite. You cannot harness evil. You have to destroy evil. You have to take authority. You have to take dominion. You have to pull down strongholds, and you have to establish a stronghold and a force of God in the land. Because if not, we are, listen to me, people in exile just like Israel was. God made a covenant with them, and he said, as long as you do these things, as long as you obey me, as long as you declare the Lord thy God, 
He said, I will go with you and you will possess this land. Your enemies will fall at your feet. Curses and pestilence will not come upon you. And everywhere you step, I will give you that authority and that land. And they would walk into it and then the Israelites would become complacent with God and forget who the source and who the owner of the land was. And they would be exiled twice and into exile. God still preserved the land. He brought them back. But they were exiles in their own nation. They weren't the same again. They were divided. The tribes of Israel were divided and scattered. Two kings, two nations, half under God, half not under God. Beloved, as I mused about this and contemplated it and prayed about it, I realized, oh my God, in this country, I'll just speak about this country. We're exiles in our own country right now. We're exiles. Our leadership, yes, has lost its path. Our president, who's the father of this nation, he knows about God, but apparently doesn't know him. And the one before him knew about God, but I can assure you didn't really know him. There might have been moments. You don't do the things that you do when you know God and act the way that you act. We know a land by its fruits. We know a person by their fruits. The fruits of this land right now, the whole world is pointing their fingers and saying, why does this destructive and this massive killing, why is it in this country? Beloved, it's, it's not all about guns. I'm not going to get into that. Cain didn't have a gun. They didn't kidnap Joseph with a big plot. It was random. Jesus had a plot. They didn't use a gun. They used the pressure of his own body hanging on a cross, bleeding. Where there's evil, there's a spirit, a murderous spirit. Lies, steals, kills. And this spirit has been unleashed wherever the memorials to God are broken down. Now memorials are all through the Bible, especially in what we refer to as the Old Testament. When something happened between the relationship of humanity and God, there was a memorial built. Many times it didn't have a lot of money. It wasn't in granite in Washington, D.C. with names emblazoned in, which is a wonderful memorial for those we've lost. It wasn't even tombstones in graveyards, which are memorials. Oftentimes it was a pile of rocks. Abram made a pile of rocks where God visited him. Jacob made a pile of rocks, the same rocks that he put his head upon to sleep when God visited him and the angels went to and fro on Jacob's ladder and he was transformed from Jacob the deceiver to Israel, friend of God. 
Hebron. You go there today, and yes, they have a memorial for the patriarchs, but they were preserved with rocks. The place of the transfiguration, nobody was quite sure of where it was. For some reason, a very evil despot named Mussolini decided maybe he was trying to buy his soul back. He built a church up on the top of a mountain and called it the place of the transfiguration. Roman culture would try to take memorials that were Christian memorials, memorials that were built upon faith, and they would try to put their own fingerprints on it, and it always ended up being a disaster. Do you know that no memorial that anybody has tried to change over from that that was made with the covenant God has persisted and lasted? None. They can try. You're sitting in a place that's a memorial to God. Many churches are, I can assure you this one is. We couldn't give it away, we couldn't sell it away, and nobody could knock it down. Because back in 1790s, there were some people that made their way all the way across the ocean and through Pennsylvania, these German Lutherans who made their way in here and they had a spirit of evangelism. And they came into what was called this Western Reserve, a big land grant given to somebody for money. And they planted themselves somehow in this little area right down the street. And they began to declare the word of the Lord and speak to the land that out of this land would come a revival unto God. And that this revival would grow and grow. And guess what? Nobody could stop it, even though it was quiet for a long time. But guess what? It's not quiet anymore. You're sitting in a memorial to God. Church was burned down twice, rebuilt twice. It grew, it grew, and then it was abandoned. And then God brought us in here. I appreciate memorials unto God. I teach you all the time as I had to learn myself the hard way. Do not dedicate your personal belongings to God unless you intend to give them to Him forever. You see, we've had false teachings. Dedicate your home to God. Well, then that's His. That better be your forever home. And you better put a deed restriction on it that nobody can ever use it for anything but God. That's what we did with this house. It will never be anything but unto God as long as the law is honored, no matter what happens. You and I could be long gone should the Lord tarry. This will still be what it's supposed to be as a memorial to God. Some of us have had to undedicate things to God to get, to get rid of them. Huh? Couldn't sell my house down in Miami. We tried and tried and tried. Tried to sell that house for about 12 years. See, we made a mistake. When we were moving in, we dedicated it to God. We were very religious. We went around, anointed everything with oil. Oh, Lord, hey, 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 hey. Finally, we sat down and, and, and repented. Said, Lord, we need to get rid of this place. Month later, under contract. People do things in ignorance about memorials. You can try to cancel a culture of memorialism, but it won't cancel if God's name is in it. No matter what they do and try, God remembers his covenants. So the land is very important to God. God assigns people and tribes and nations to specific places. It's God's divine gift 
and ownership. And many times, the ownership has nothing to do with the righteousness and the unrighteousness of the people. There's still hope for this land, but it's got to come from the church. It's got to come from the body of Christ. If my people, tell me, say it loud, if my people, and what? God can heal a land, a land is sick. You see, people want to believe that when it comes down to natural disasters. Yes, that's part of it too. But he's talking about the spirit of the land. God is concerned about the land that nations are upon. Nations come and go, the land stays. And I do believe there's a clarion call that's going out upon the earth and in this country to heal this land. And I believe that's some of the reasons why some people are approaching it the wrong way because there's a call coming out to heal the land, but they don't understand how to heal the land. And we've got young children that are afraid about the eco-disaster of the land, but yet they're not allowed to pray in the schools and they're told the wrong things about culture, about identity, about image, about gender. You can talk to them about the wrong things, but don't talk to them about God. How obvious is it? How obvious is it that an evil strategy has been released upon this land, this nation, to transform a whole generation into a godless generation, at the very least confused? You see, the enemy loves confusion. God hasn't given us a mind of fear, a mind of confusion, but a sound mind in Christ. That's what he's given us. He hasn't given us a land that's defiled and rebellious against God. He's given us a good land. He's given us nature and creation that all bows and worships to God and every kind brings forth its own kind because that's what God told them to do. How many of you know the animal kingdom for the most part is obedient to God? They bring forth their own kinds. Huh? They don't have any problem about genderizing. They know what they are and who they are. They don't cross gender. They're not confused about who God is. But somehow this bright people, schooled people, educated people, huh? We're confused. Well, for me and my house, we're not confused. And so when a culture is going to come down, what do you do? You cross-pollinate that culture. Countries of Islam, they understand it very well. Communist countries understand it very well. When somebody wants to capture a country, what are they doing right now in the Ukraine? They're packing the people up and sending them to the far part, 2,000 miles away of Russia, putting them in camps, separating the men and the women, for the most part killing the men, impregnating the woman, so you change the next generation. Hey! That's what's happening in this country. You're separating the men and the women. You're calling everybody whatever they want to be. 
Little children, three years old, I'm feeling different today. I think I want to wear my sister's clothes or my brother's clothes. Really, I can remember <laughs> Mikhail and Keshet's little brother, Sammy. Hmm? They were playing house. He didn't know what was going on. I think he was two and a half, three years old. They married him to Barbie. <laughs> but something happened right at the end of the ceremony. He threw it down and ran out of there screaming. Children will go along with the program, won't they? Unless there's an authority over them telling them, no, 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 no. This is who you are. This is your identity. Let every kind bring forth its own kind. And it speaks to the land. A righteous nation brings forth righteous people. Righteous government brings forth a righteous nation. And then you'll find that the people of the nation are willing to die. They're willing to fight. They're willing to stand for their nation as it's one nation under God. There's a confusion in the land. People want to try and say there's a, a higher righteousness than a righteousness that is patriotic. All of a sudden, being patriotic, you have to look over your shoulder to see who's judging you and why. All of a sudden, there's different forms of patriotism. They try to divide patriotism by culture, by color, by creed. There's one statement that one culture and color and creed says and another one that says it, but don't one say what the other one dare say. What? And many times, cultures and creeds look to see if they're affirmed within their culture and creed rather than looking up. So a nation under God begins to be proclaimed and declared in a public event and some people, because of some unrelated incident, has nothing to do about God's covenant with the land. They take a knee or they stay away. I'll call him out. I don't know him, but he's ignorant. The manager of the Giants baseball team. Two days ago, what an idiot. All of a sudden, because of Uvalde, Texas, some children, terrible, terrible violence by an 18-year-old teen. They're trying to determine how, why, what. You know, you can get into mental illness and everything else you want. It's evil. It's evil. It's a murderous spirit that was released. It was evil. However it got to it, you, you want to say that we want to forgive Hitler because he was mental? after killing six million Jews and nine million Gentiles? He was bloodthirsty. He was maniacal. He was possessed. He was demonic. He deserved to die and sooner than he did. Sorry. And so, this general manager of a baseball team, he should be managing his team. You know, baseball, you have to make 970-some decisions, maybe, in one game. I was a head baseball coach. Do you know that the regulations for the Major League Baseball are 197 pages? Huh? You can mess them up pretty quick and cost yourself a game. That's what happened to that doofus. 
He was so concerned about staying in and not coming out for the national anthem because he wanted to protest Texas. Go figure that out. On Memorial Day weekend, when the whole purpose of it is to memorialize to God and to give heart and country for those who gave their lives for their country, this idiot stays in and guess what happened? He forgot to put his picture in the playbook. So when they came out with the play card, the guy couldn't pitch. He lost the game. I hope he loses every other one. And I hope the ownership of the Giants says, hey, keep your politics at home, huh? We got to win some baseball games here. We didn't pay you to decide to stay in and make some political statement that's stupid. But that's what happens. Memorial Day for this country. I sort of put Sonny on the spot because he's a music major, so I love to put music majors on the spot. I could ask him about Mozart or Chopin or Franz Liszt and he'd click it right out. But I said, Sonny, who, who wrote God Bless America? You came out with a name, I didn't know who that was. It was a good try though. It's like Jeopardy or something. There's a lady named Kate Smith. How'd she sing? America. <laughs> Kate Smith. And when she put that out over the radio, the whole country was mesmerized. Because the country had been through two world wars, was wounded, needed healing. Now, some of you have gone to war, maybe too many times. Many of you very young when you were called out. That has scars, that hurts. Some have had to stay up in the wee hours of the night praying for those who were gone somewhere that they couldn't speak to or talk to. Some didn't come home. That has nothing to do with a mass shooting in the Ovedi. That's a twisted mentality. That has to do with memorializing unto God and country. That has to do with saying, Lord, you gave your blood for us. And some gave their blood for God and country. The greatest memorial of all is when we cross through the law and the prophets and come into the New Testament in Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus says, no man takes my life. I lay it down myself that I might take it back up again. This blood, this blood which I will spill is your new testament, your new covenant. And because of the blood, for those of us who accept, we'll never be exiles anywhere. Because of this blood, we walk as children of God. We have authority and dominion even in the places that deny God. Dagon could not stand against the power of God. He tore it down and smashed it into pieces. No authority on earth has outlasted God's authority. No land can stand defiled where God's people are. 
I had a friend once. He was part of my English church in Miami. His name was Harry. For some reason, I don't understand how it happened, he was Venezuelan. He became the minister for oil production for Venezuela under the dictator. And he was a Christian. And he attended our church in Miami, became my good friend. He told me a story that pierced me and I've never forgotten. He said that he was in a room in the governmental palace in Cuba and the delegation along with the dictator from Venezuela were in the meeting room, the conference room, and they were waiting for a high-powered meeting with Fidel Castro, who most of you know pushed their buttons. And they waited and they waited and they talked. And while they were in there, this dictator began to rant and rave about Jews and how you need to kill them all. And that the problem in Venezuela was the Jews. Well, little did he know that Fidel Castro was listening through a listening device in the room next door and let them go on for about 45 minutes. And then he made his grand entrance, slammed the door open, slammed the door shut, pounded his fist on the table and pointed at the dictator and said, you need to get out of my palace. And they all looked at each other and he said, you are so stupid. Do you not realize that any nation, any people, any government that has attempted to eliminate the Jews no longer exists? He said, do you want to be one of those governments? He said, I don't. This is a man who didn't say he feared God, but yet he feared what God could do. We need to put that fear back in this country. We may not be able to preach people into accepting Jesus and understanding the fear of the Lord, but we sure can declare what God can do. And that's the revelation God's given me for this season. We need, to be, we need to begin to declare what an awesome, fearsome God he is. And that God can do and will do things beyond what the government thinks they're going to do. Or won't do. Or can't do. We've got some decent people. I don't know how many of you heard the lieutenant governor of Texas this last week. I've already reached out to him and we're going to interview him for our program. He was preaching. They tried to shut him up. He wouldn't stop up. CNN didn't like him preaching. He just kept preaching. Because that man was so overwhelmed from the carnage that he saw, and he understood that being interviewed, there was nothing he could say that was going to challenge what needed to be done. He went on talking about the blood of Jesus. He went on talking about repentance. He went on talking about, we need to deal with the sin problem. We need more people like that that won't be shut up. We need people from the highest court to the executive branch to the legislation branch in this country. We need them as mayors. We need them in school boards, my God. We need dog catchers that will preach and say, look, even the dogs, each kind brings forth its own kind. Huh? We need to get to the point where the power of believing people 
deals with the system of culture and economies like the world does. It's called boycotting. If we cut buying the cars from the people that are getting behind the whole generalizing thing, guess what? They'll find a way out. They'll find a way to change. Disney is trying to find a way right now. But we haven't boycotted them enough. If we say, listen, even if it's a sacrifice and I want that thing, I'm not going to do it because of what you stand for. And we become a voice that speaks out. Culture will have to change. You end up finding God turning people that have a lot of money who don't even talk about God. They'll use their money to begin to undo things that the heathen are doing. Why do you think Elon Musk is buying Twitter? Because he had some revelation from God? He did, but he didn't. But what he's doing is coming against a system that has systematically eliminated people like me and you from their processes because of what we say. God will take the power and authority of the heathen and give it to the believers, he says. But we need to make a stand. So it's Memorial Day. And we're going to establish and lift up a memorial to God and country. And we're not going to separate the two. And we're not going to be confused about what it means to have God in our nation and in our country and to proclaim it from our mouths. We're going to celebrate the blood of Jesus and the blood of those who have given their lives so that we could say God in country. You know, Memorial Day was declared after the Civil War. We understand what the Civil War accomplished. We understand why it happened. There was blood given. Blood from white people, Christians and Jews, and blood given from black people, Christians. I don't know how many Jews, but there probably was a few from Ethiopia. Didn't matter the color of the person fighting that war, the blood was the same. And so they came out with Memorial Day to memorialize those people who gave their lives that we might eradicate a deep sin in this country. We have some more deep sins to eradicate. We need to keep praying and believing God that our Supreme Court is not going to waver that they're not going to be manipulated and motivated. Now you see, beloved, I don't know how many churches across the land and pastors preach the stands that I do. And there's many that say you don't mix politics and faith. That's another lie. Do you know who the black robes were? You know who the black robes were? They were the ones during the revolution they would preach to their church and then they would take off their black robe and there was their uniform. And they would lead their young boys and men out to battle to liberate the country. And they were black and white pastors. Those were the black robes. Go tell them that they shouldn't have mixed politics. You wouldn't be sitting here today. You'd still be bowing down to the Queen of England and boy, that's a dysfunctional family, bless God. <laughs> I got to reset. My wife's telling me back there. She's telling me reset. Ralph, go take care of that for me, will you? Give me, 
Memorial Day. Memorial Day. What a wonderful time. Everybody here and online, we want to thank you for your service. Thank you that you're here. You know, there's, there's many ways to sacrifice. And some of you who have been in the height of war, you made a tremendous sacrifice. And you know some friends who didn't make it. And you've quietly carried some scars and dealt with some horrors that we believe God will completely eradicate for you. The horrors of war. And some here still may have family members who didn't come home. Who didn't make it. For this country, for this country, for God and country. When my son, when we dropped him off at Annapolis, I handed him a little prayer. And then I said, Lord, let him say a prayer and pass the ammunition when he needs it. There's no separating God in country if you really want to land in a people that's under God because under the shadow of the almighty God he protects us no pestilence will come upon you and the curse of the land will not bite on you under the shadow of the almighty God one country <laughs> one nation under God under God I'm going to take an offering, and as I do, we want to lift a memorial song that we want you to sing with us. We're going to wait called God Bless America and mean it with all of our heart and lift it as a memorial unto God. If you'd like an envelope, please put your hand up. Pastor. If you're online, you may give, as you see, www.touchheaven.com. Give by text which is 330-845-6005. Give by mail to Touch Heaven Church, 10 Skyline Drive. And by the way, somebody we know, they bought furniture for their home, most of it from Amazon, and they kept putting a smile on. And my wife was telling me that Amazon sent us $270. So do not despise small things and small beginnings you know if you're going to buy from amazon then you know at least let some of that money those little pennies they send come here amen if you don't envelope please put your hand up and thank you for that yes jeff i heard you i wanted to clarify a point because i've gotten a lot of people that contact me and said this country is not belonged to god and it wasn't dedicated to god etc etc please understand it when they, they redid this country, first of all, the 13 colonies were all church, um, church denominations, all 13 colonies. You couldn't serve unless you were in, the, uh, uh, in a church and in good standing. But when this country was redone, they inaugurated Thomas Jefferson as president, and he immediately called for a prayer meeting where they went to the stone church that's at ground zero in New York that did not fall on the day that we were attacked. And they dedicated this country to the God of the Bible. Please understand, give God a great big round of applause because he, in his infinite wisdom, had them act like that. Some of these people were just deists. 
But they had the full power and authority to give this land to the Lord. And so therefore, it is there until God says that somebody else has taken it out. And we have not given this land up yet. In Jesus' name. Yes. You know, the psalmist, the psalmist cried out in uh, Psalms 33. He said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen has his own inheritance. God links the land with the people. God saved this country. And we're asking the Lord to bring us back to heal this land. We need to be coming with a spirit of repentance and a spirit of violence against evil. We can do both. You know, the last three years or two years, we've heard a lot about being able to walk and chew gum at the same time. That's how they explain double-mindedness. No, we're not double-minded. We can repent and walk in a spiritual violence against evil in this country. We're warriors. We're worshipers. We're watchmen. We know the voice of God. And the voice is crying out to his church and to his people, declare, declare to the earth, declare to the heavens, declare to the people, declare to nature, declare to the nations that I am God, I am sovereign, and I shall not give my glory to another. Amen? Amen. Let's worship the Lord with a, with a song, please. Amen. 
if you've served in the military or if someone in your family has and you lost them in war, I'd like you to come up to the front for just a moment. We want to thank you appropriately. If you could, please, just come right up. Don't waste any time. Come on. You're not at a funeral. Yeah. Good. Don't be too humble. Come on. Come on, please get up here. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. We want to thank you, first of all, appropriately for being willing to make that sacrifice. And not only being willing, but carrying the scars and the pains that you've suffered on behalf of this. That's the president calling me. I need to tell him. Oh, yes. No, Mr. Biden, I don't have time right now. Thank you, sir. Okay. You don't know. We want to thank you. We want to bless you. And we want to pray for you. Father, we ask you, Lord, to bless these men, these women. Yes, thank you, Father, for their hearts, their time, their service. Lord, restore in them a peace. Restore in them, Father, uh, uh, good visions. Take away, Father, the bad visions. Take away the pains, the hurts, the losses. Yes. Let them know, Father, that no matter what theater they saved in, no matter what people said before or after, they came and they went, that they went under your anointing for God and country. Yes. Bless them for that, Lord, and may they be restored mightily for the sacrifices they have made. And for those who have lost loved ones here and not here and online, Father, fill the voids this morning. Yes, Jesus. Touch their hearts, Father. Let them understand nothing was for naught. And while it doesn't seem fair and likely is not when you try to compare the loss of family, yet there's a sacrifice that wasn't fair to Jesus either. But yet because of him, we're not in exile. And because of these ones who gave their lives and served, we are free. We thank you for that, Lord. Bless them, keep them, and honor them. In Jesus' name, amen. And all the people said, amen. 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 Thank you.